My name is Jai Long, and you're listening to Make Your Break, episode number 11. So today, I want to have a bit of a discussion with you guys. I haven't written anything down, but um, I want to go over just websites. And there's so much stuff out there. If you're going onto Google and just trying to work out, you know, the best way to build a website and to rank a website and to have a great user-friendly website, I mean, there's just so much information and so many people have their own, I guess, take on it and spin on it. So today, I'm going to try and break it down into just some like really easy ways to think about your website when you're rebuilding or rebranding and updating, refreshing your website. Not not so much now, but I noticed a long time ago when I first started, people treated a website like an online portfolio, especially as a photographer uh, or especially as a wedding photographer. So I notice sometimes today I still notice the same thing. I do a lot of mentoring and I'll jump on someone's website and they don't really have any direction or purpose with the website except how can I have an online portfolio and show off my best work? And that's pretty much it, which will work to an extent, but I don't believe that should be the whole purpose of a website. So I want you to think about a website doing two different things. So a website is how can it bring its own traffic? So if you've got content that's great and it ranks into Google or it solves someone's problem, or educates someone, or it's relevant, or it's binge-worthy, you know, there's a reason for someone to jump onto your website, then it's creating its own traffic. And then the second reason is how do you create traffic and turn the traffic into clients, or even into raving fans? Like, imagine that. Someone jumps on your website, and they love what they found, which is, you know, your portfolio, your work. If you're a photographer, you know, they love your aesthetics, uh, everything that you're about. But then they jump into your blog and they just dig a little bit deeper and there's relevant, captivating information on there and it gets them hooked, it gets them inspired. Maybe they bookmark your website, maybe they love the branding or how fast it loads and how user-friendly it is. There's so many things that could hook someone in onto your website and then they subscribe to your newsletter because they're turning into fans or, you know, they want to see a little bit more live action and they subscribe to your Instagram or something like that. That would be pretty exciting, yeah? Like, how do we turn our traffic into raving fans? I want to tell you a couple of stories about when I first started my wedding photography business and some of the things that didn't work out for me because that's always a good place to start and then we're going to move on from there. So, I made a few mistakes when I first started Uh, One thing that wasn't a mistake is I started my blog, which is Free the Bird, and I started that on WordPress. And it was just a WordPress site. It was basically back when blogging was a cool thing and people would come along and they would comment and it was kind of like Instagram, but in the blog days. And I would post photos all the time of just whatever I took photos of. You know, it was lakes, it was trees, anything and everything. And a lot of the times they would get shared and republished on other people's blogs and I'm really thankful that I put my time into working at how to use a WordPress blog. I mean, mind you, I don't think Squarespace and stuff was around back then, but it really helps me now because I believe WordPress is still the best place to host my images and host my website. And it's easy to use. And there's so much you can do with the SEO and widgets and so many little plugins and things that can help you create a website that you're proud of and that you love and that converts traffic into fans. One of the things I did was 
I wanted to go a little bit more professional and I wanted to have a nice designed website. So I paid someone $1,000 to design me a website. And and this is when I was first starting. So $1,000 to me, I was like, whoa, that's okay. Yeah, we can make this work, but that's a lot of money. In hindsight, it was actually not a lot of money and I wish I actually paid more because, you know, this person probably stuffed up my website a little bit and it's my fault, of course, because I just was naive and wasn't sure of what I was doing. But the thing was, with my WordPress blog, it was already ranking so well on Google because I had it for so long. There was so much traffic on my blog. There were so many links back to my blog. When I redesigned, we scrapped all of that, started with a whole new website and I didn't even think about it, but I lost all of my SEO. So this was my first year of business coming from like, yes, this is going to work great. I'm getting, you know, natural organic traffic coming through. I don't have to work too hard for it to, okay, no more traffic on my website and have to start all over again. And it took me about a year to start getting my traffic back to my website and starting to get that authority back onto Google. So that was one thing that I learned really quick. And the website wasn't that great. There was a few things that were wrong with it that we can talk about now as well. I think in year two, I ended up spending maybe about $10,000 on a website. So it was 10 times more. But there were so many, I didn't want the same website as everybody else. So I didn't want to go out and get a template or something. I wanted to build something that no one else could replicate. And it had all the features that I wanted, not just some of the features. I didn't want to have to compromise. I wanted to have the back end secret spots with security and passwords and stuff like that for my clients. And I wanted to have all my contracts and questionnaires and stuff in there and all my billing. I wanted to have so people can book themselves client schedule meetings and you know, so many different functions to my website. So it just worked as a hub. It was just like my amazing piece of real estate, you know, in the internet world where people could come and find me online and then they could dive into my content and uh, it could actually really help them. And that's what a website's really for. So my $10,000 website, one of the main reasons why I did that, I did a rebrand, Lily did my rebranding and, um, so this was probably maybe five years ago and I noticed Google was really cracking down on websites that weren't uh, mobile friendly, mobile user friendly. And you're thinking five years ago, like surely all, all, all websites would have been, but they really weren't. And I seen that as a marketer myself, I just seen, you know, all my competition, no one had a mobile friendly website. So it was just so easy for me to go out and go, okay, I need to spend some money on this. And then I'll start ranking Google again, like really high. And also I noticed that all my competition just weren't really on Google or didn't really understand Google as well. So I was able to dominate in that area. And that really helped me, of course, like book so much more work and keep going. The website itself, like $10,000 sounds like a lot of money. And it was for me. It definitely was. It was a huge investment, but it paid for itself so quickly. I can't stress that enough. Like the amount of people that came in, like my website's pretty old now. Five years in internet land is like 50 years. It's just things move so fast. And my website five years ago, it was so new and things moved and it was, you know, it was captivating for so many people. And I had um, clients that would come in going like, I literally opened up 10 tabs of 10 different websites, uh, wedding photographers and then we got to yours and we just couldn't get off it and like it was the website that sold it and it was the branding and it was the the way you know the images made me feel and the you know the way that you set this up and how easy it was for me to book and all these things 
And so I know straight away it was worth my money, you know, spending into things like that. So then I could skyrocket my business and take it to the next level. So why? Why are we talking about websites? Like I said just before, websites are our own little piece of real estate on the internet here. Somewhere we call home and we can put our information and we can dive a little bit deeper into what we do and show off our services and potentially turn traffic into fans. And that's what I believe what a website's for. And one of the things I do a lot of mentoring and I see a lot of websites and I see people just not having a purpose with their website. So there's two main purposes or reasons why I think you should have a website. And number one is it creates its own traffic. And I'm talking organic traffic. Like People want to go to your website because it has great content that's informative or it's relative or it's interesting or it's binge-worthy, like whatever it is, and they want to go over there. You know, like on my blog, I'm always educating my brides and I'm always sending out newsletters and I'm getting them back over there, all my, all my grooms, and I'm getting everyone excited. And if they've got questions, they can jump over and they know, you know, oh, there's a great answer or... People tell me like, oh, Jai, I booked this venue because I found it on your blog and you talked about it and, you know, I know then it's working. So that's one reason. The other reason is you have a lot of traffic coming through, like through your social media and through your Google and stuff and having your website to convert the traffic into clients. So that's reason number two of why I think you should have a really good website and and just have that purpose. Like if I was setting out right now to create myself a website, I was like, Okay, I want it to be content heavy, really good content. So people want to come to it. I want them to be inspired and that's going to be through the content. And then the second thing is I want people to be converting into clients and all fans. So signing up to my newsletters and following me on Instagram and all those things because they want a little bit more. Let's talk about usability branding, content, and leads. I want to talk about those four things. So with usability, one thing I want you to know is not everyone knows how to use the internet. (laughs) As funny as that sounds. If you're like me and you just, you know, I can, I build websites, I can edit photos, I can navigate myself around, you know, so many big programs and I'm very fluent online. But when I watch someone else use my website, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that that's, you know, how someone would scroll or that's what they'll try and click on. And so when I actually launched my $10,000 website, the first thing I did is I designed it to how I thought people used websites and how I thought it would best help people. But then what I did was I chose five different clients that I had, previous clients, because these are the people that booked me once before. So that means my website that I once had worked and I asked them, hey, if I send out like a um, questionnaire or do a bit of a survey for five different clients, I'll give you a free wedding album from your wedding and that's valued at $2,000. Like how does that sound? So I had five people straight away sign up and I had five different main reasons why I chose those five people. So I chose two people that couldn't use the internet and they just struggled, you know, navigating my pages what's at all and then I chose two people that are really really fluent online and you know they could just blaze through my website and then just one other person that was just sort of mediocre with using the internet you know they'll jump on for like maybe two three hours a day and it was just a broad variety I had uh, males and females and I just wanted everyone to jump on 
and they did some screen sharing and recorded it. And I just watched people, how they used my website. And then the questions I asked was like, I know you booked me once before. How did you feel on my last website? Would you book me again? And was it easy to find how much I cost? Was it easy to find my services? Was it easy to connect with me? Was it desirable? Was my services desirable? Was it a pleasure to be on my website? Uh, Was it informative? Was it relevant? Was it interesting? All those things. And what was funny was when I originally designed the website to what I thought was going to be how it should all work, I actually had to redesign the whole thing again because I don't want to design it for me. I want to design it for my clients. So that's one big thing too. I know a lot of people in the wedding photography industry, and I know this is for every industry, right? Because I see this all the time. If you're a wedding photographer, you'll ask another wedding photographer to audit your website. And if you're a personal trainer, you'll ask another personal trainer to audit your website. And I just think that's just the wrong thing to do. Yes, a wedding photographer will know a lot. Like I will know a lot, you know, for websites and how to convert because I've been doing it for years. But your clients know the most because they're the ones actually jumping on and they're the ones that are actually voting with their dollars. So asking them, would you book me? Is it as good as it was before? Is it better? I'm adding value. That's one thing, like, if you have a mailing list, like, allow people into the back end of your business. Like, the more you get people on board and excited about what you're doing and showing your passion, the more people are on board and they love what you do. Every time I send out a newsletter, I usually get, like, maybe four or five clients emailing me back saying, Jai, I love what you're doing. You know, new website looks great. I'm so excited for you. You know, I'll launch a new website. Everyone's sharing it. And it's just so nice to create your own community. So going back to usability, making sure your website works on all different browsers, all different machines, including iPads and iPhones and Androids and all those things, because you just don't want to annoy the user and have glitches. So if you can do that before you launch a new website, that would be great. Or even if you've got a website that's been running for a little while and you're doing some updates, like they're the things I'd be optimizing straight away. Just going through, instead of talking about your SEO straight away, I'll just be fixing the problems to make make it really user-friendly straight away and then go from there and taking it up another level and then getting it really optimized for Google. So, it could be like usability. It could be like a lot of different things. Does it rank in Google as well? I would put that into usability. And does it rank in Google in like uh, voice? So, if someone's Googling you over like Siri or something like that, are they going to be able to find your website? Do your videos have subtitles? Is it easy to devour your content? Can you read the text? Is it legible? You know, load times, all that kind of stuff. Like, so usability is just how can someone jump on your website and you actually use your website? It's kind of like driving a car. Like, does it handle nice when you're driving along or is there lots of noises and things just not working on something that's really annoying you? So get rid of all those and just make it seamless. So branding... I'm talking about branding, I guess like overall branding, but like more so branding on your website. I say like don't overcomplicate your website with too much branding. With a brand, you want to portray quality, like you want to ask yourself a lot of questions with your brand, right? Does it represent trust? Does your brand represent the quality of your work? Does it best represent the services and what you are about? Does your brand connect you with your clients? 
Like, so they're the questions I want you to ask about your brand and the branding on your website. And then things is like, is it overcomplicated? Have I put too many elements or too many colors? Um, is it noisy? Because again, with the usability, you just want it to be very seamless, understated. You can jump on, navigate around, you can find whatever it is that you need. And yeah, just creating that through your branding. And of course, and I said this just before, like, does it represent trust? Having your brand consistent, and I'm talking about like all fonts on your pages, um, your images, your colors, and having it consistent throughout the whole website. So they're not going from one page to another page and they're feeling like they're on a whole new website or it's totally different. And just curating things so it just feels like it's you and it's your brand. So content, this is a huge one, right? I don't want you to be scared about having copy and which copy is words having copy based content even if you're a photographer or if you're in the creative industry and you'd love image-based content copy is what people love because people want to connect with you and you're doing them an injustice if you're not doing that if you're not giving them your voice because they'll jump on your website and there's nothing to read There's no way to actually connect with you and they'll get out of your website as fast as they came and they probably will never come back. So, you know, you got like a groom or a bride or someone jumping on your website to book your services if you're a wedding photographer or if you've got, you know, anybody else jumping on, how can they connect with you? So maybe like get on the blog and tell some stories or maybe on your about page, like it doesn't just have to be the one stuffy photo that you pulled off LinkedIn. Maybe it can be like a family shoot or it can be a shoot with you and your partner or it can be more of a lifestyle shoot with you and it can be more than one photo. Maybe you can have a carousel of photos and you can show a bit of a personality or you could have a GIF or, you know, there's so many ways that you need to allow people in to fall in love with what you do. And the best way is to show people like, this is who I am. And also just having your name on the about page, you know how many websites I actually jump on because I do website audits and I'll jump on and the three main things I see a lot of the time, one is I can't find the person's name that owns the website. I can't find their location and I can't find a photo of them. So if I want to connect with them and someone's writing to me and say it's my website and my website's Free the Bird and then my name's Jai and I say my name's Jai but there's no photo of me. If you are jumping through and you're just going through all my content, it's hard to connect with me if you just don't know, if you just can't see a photo of me, you know? You don't need to have hundreds of photos of yourself all over your website, but I do believe in allowing people into that space. That's why they're on your website. So going into more content, there's no reason why I'm talking about like copy. If you're not good at copy as well, you can hire copywriters and there's so many amazing copywriters out there and just hire the right one. So you can have sales copy, you can have converting copy, um, you can just have content copy and You know, I've used so many different copywriters and it's definitely worth using different copywriters and seeing what matches your style and making it work. I personally write a lot of my articles myself and I write the skeletons often, but I'm not very good at grammar and spelling and I'll pass it on to a copywriter and they'll email me back a finished piece and that's really nice. So more content can be like videos. You know, videos are so good these days. People love getting onto a blog. And if you've written out a huge, nice, long blog post and then you just got a video of you maybe explaining what it was or 
Um, maybe it's like you've got a how-to guide and you've got a video of you showing you exactly, you know, what it is so people don't have to use their imagination. Like creating content like that is so invaluable. Um, maybe you could use graphs and infographs and things like that too or illustrations. There's so many things you can put on your blog to make a blog post so engaging. So someone jumps on there and go, oh man, this is where the content's at. I finally found it. It's free. It's on Jai Long's website and... I have to bookmark this and I'm going to subscribe to his newsletter because I want to know more. And that's what I want you to be thinking when you're creating your content. Like how is someone going to go from like, I've just jumped on this website to, oh man, I want more. Obviously keep it all relevant as well. If you've got a uh, wedding photography website and you're all of a sudden putting all newborn births on your blog, you know, if someone's just like me, if I jump on, if I'm like potentially going to hire a wedding photographer and I jump on that, uh, I'm going to be jumping off so quick because I'll be like, oh, this is obviously not for me. This is, you know, not what I'm in, interested in right now and in this stage of my life as well. So I will be looking for a professional in wedding photography, not a jack of all trades that just does photography for the sake of doing photography. But that's just me. I am very specialized you know, when I was an electrician, I was a big believer if I got a leaky tap, like don't call the handyman, call the plumber and he'll get it fixed and he'll get it fixed probably maybe even sometimes cheaper and better because he'll be specialized and he'll know exactly what he's doing. And I'm a big believer, the same as like the creative services. If I want a wedding photographer, I'm not going to call a photographer. I'm going to call a wedding photographer because they're going to know all the issues I'm going to have and they'll best know how a day runs and they're dedicating their time into the thing that I want. Hope that makes sense. <laughs> so, the last thing I want to talk about is leads. Leads from SEO or social channels. People coming through your website through those things. SEO is just like a huge, huge can of worms, basically. It does come back to like optimizing your website and creating a website so it can be found on Google, but also creating content, like creating content that Google can recognize. Like Google always wants the best content up the top. So then you're, you're always like, oh man, just Google it. It's got the best stuff on there. So with leads and SEO, like things that you can do is um, if you've got a whole bunch of blog posts that you've already done and maybe they're like 200 words, like maybe go back and update a whole bunch of your blog posts, go through and maybe beef them out to like 700 words and go more into detail and really add some value for your traffic. And that's going to bring you some more leads. Um, social channels, things that I like to do is, you know, I do a lot of blog posts and I love doing good blog posts about something. I'll do something like, you know, 10 most interesting wedding venues in Melbourne. And I know a lot of my brides and grooms are really interested in those type of things. And then I can put it on my Insta stories and go, hey, getting married in Melbourne. I've just done a blog post just for you. Jump on over here. And then so I can relate it. Like there's actually a reason for them to get onto my website. Because if I didn't have a blog on my website, then what would I say? Hey, guys, getting married in Melbourne. Just go and have a look at my website because there's something on it. Like that doesn't really kind of you know, draw me into anything. So you want a really good call to action. I'll create a blog post dedicated to Melbourne for a particular problem that maybe someone's going to find like one of my clients so I can share it on my socials and my newsletter or on Google so people are Googling it. 
And then I have a very clear call to action, put it on my social media channels, jump on over if you're having problems finding a venue in Melbourne because I just did a blog post on that. And then traffic will come through. And then by that stage, they'll see that you've got all this amazing content. It's all informative. It's relevant. It's interesting. It's binge worthy. There's videos, there's illustrations, all those things, the branding, they feel uh, like they can trust you. They feel like they can connect with you. It's the usability is amazing. It loaded fast. It's legible. They could read it. Like all those things that we talked about before all comes into play. And then they have a great experience. And then maybe, just maybe, they could turn into a fan. So, guys, that's all I've got time for today. Um, I've been feeling a little bit under the weather this last week. So, I just want to wrap it up here. But I hope you got a lot from this episode. I really thoroughly enjoyed putting this one together. And I'm sorry I didn't. Uh, script this one out I've kind of just put it all together of things I've been thinking about lately with websites but I just want to leave you with this the four main things that I talked about was usability branding content and leads and I want you to think about your website and do you have a purpose with it like does your website have a purpose how can you create a purpose maybe it's the content hub maybe it's you know the place that's going to turn your traffic into clients or something like that but like give it something thanks a lot guys you've been listening to jai long and this is make your break and i'll i'll catch you next week make your break is brought to you and hosted by jai long in our melbourne studios and produced by our american friends simpler media productions For more information on this podcast, our workshops, or anything your heart desires, please visit jailong.co.